Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hey, it's Latif from Radio Lab. Our goal with each episode is to make you think, how did I live this long and not know that? Radio Lab, adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Listen wherever you get podcasts. You can call your parents by your, their first names. Yeah, I call them up. I'm like, hey, Octavia. I call her Octavia. I call her Tay-Tay. That is so, like, white girl of you, and I, I love it. It is very white girl of me. I My parents would kill me. Yeah, I call I call her Octavia, but I also call her Mommy. Oh. And then I call my dad. Oh, mommy's good. I call him Fats. Fats? Yeah, he's, like, not fat. Like Fats Domino? Oh, yes, it's me. Yeah, so I was like, hey, Fats, I don't know. I just Where started. Where did that happen? I don't know. It was He's like, a vegan. I know. Hi, I'm Phoebe Robinson. Hey, yo, yo, I'm Jessica Williams. And you're listening to Two Dope Queens from WNYC Studios. We've got a new show for you recorded live at Union Hall in Brooklyn. Where else, y'all? It is a major sausage fast kielbasa. <laughs> We got Neil Nanda, who's the sweetest brown man you'll ever meet. Alex Edelman, who's scary funny and scary sweet. And Chris Lambert, who's the cutest piece of chocolate. You'll want to break your diet for him. Plus, in today's episode, I go to Soul Cycle, but I do not find my soul. And I go to Yoga to the People, but I do not find my people there. No. Stick around, booze, because it's about to get crazy in here. Crowd. You are lubed up. Yeah, and we're not just saying that because we're sipping some tea and we both feel really sexy and yeah. <laughs> Um I'm excited about life, man. Yeah? It's it's spring. I'm ready to like I'm super jazzed. What are you excited about? About like dating again. Like I feel yeah. like you know, like, I just yeah. feel like it's Yeah. The wind is blowing, you know. Yeah. That's like the beginning of like Madonna's express yourself. I'm like, hello yeah. world. Yeah. Do you believe in love? Well, I got something to say about it. And then it's like, oh, I got like a dick pic from Tinder. So that yeah. just. Well, you know what it is. That as the cherry, real quick. As the cherry blossoms bloom in Prospect Park, so do like men's boners. Right. <laughs> That's the, For the season. For right. the season. Right, 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 right. Except right. All, more of them have headboards. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And they're ready. And I also want to work on finding a new yoga place because... What's wrong with yours right now? I'm fucking done with yoga to the people. Anybody else? I can't... You guys love it? Is that, was, was that a sun salutation and yes? Or it's, was that a sunset salutation? It, you're over it, right? Who's over it? Who's over it? Yeah, it fucking sucks. Too many people? It's, it's, yeah, yeah, it yeah, smells yeah. like feet all of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also I hate the yoga noises everyone does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For like, like, what? like they what? never like people never sound like this in any other part of their uh-huh. life. They'll just be like, just like, okay, like breathe and then let out the air and someone be like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you do that, your cubicle that? fucking Jerry, you do that. Yeah. You're the fucking only person, cubicle. The only person who's made that sound is the lady from the opening theme song to fucking cold case. Do you remember that? <laughs> <laughs> That is insane. It's ridiculous. You know what it is, yoga people. There's got to be a money barrier. That's what it's, it is. 
Because it's yeah. all donation based. Yeah. That means a lot of fucking crazy people are going to walk right. in there. It's always subdued. It's like an emergency room. Yeah, it's subdued. <laughs> it's a hot mess in there. <laughs> yeah, Gotta it's have always, health insurance. It's always some dude who's like super advanced, so he wants mm. to be in the front of the class. Oh, yeah. His oh, yeah. shorts are like way too short. It's yeah. like, I don't need to see your scrow tie yeah. or whatever the fuck it's called. He's got a little bicycle booty. Yeah. And who else? Who else? Yeah. <laughs> who else is in there? Um, and then there's always some like asshole couple. They like come in late and they're like, "I'm sorry, can we just? Can you guys? I'm sorry, can you guys like make space so we can no. like do it together? No. no. Get, 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 Where get, were you? Yeah, get in different fucking roles. I don't Where have time you? for your love. I don't have time for your love. No, 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 no. I don't care. And my thing, yeah, is get your fucking feet off my mat. <laughs> yeah, get your Fritos off my mat. <laughs> Sweaty ass feet. I don't know what you stood on. <laughs> oh, oh no! I need a home yeah. practice. That's so fun. There's yeah, a lot that's of that. one too. They do a lot of that. Yeah, no, that's that's yeah. a little too much. Yeah, I hate it. And I don't the- miss it. I find that I need a much louder exercise because my oh. farts are always trying to come out. <laughs> and for me, in class, I'm just clenching. Like, I'm mostly oh. focused on not Let them out, dude. I don't letting care. the farts I don't, out. I go so to... you're a part of the problem, but you right. want a solution. Right, right. Because I... there's somebody that's like, this black lady's coming to my yoga to the people class. <laughs> and I... she's just farting. I hit warrior one. I hit warrior one. <laughs> Don't but care. you know that means that there's somebody back there like this, yep. right? <laughs> so they're feeling your fart winds on their thighs as well. Dude, dude, Man, I just had a, I just had a kale smoothie. What do yeah. you uh, want from uh, me? Uh. And you know you eat that, right? <laughs> like she's eating that. Those are poo particles, dude. And you know she's on a master cleanse. You didn't ask if she was a vegetarian. Dude. Dude, I'm trying to live my best life. I can't be concerned with everyone out. else. Dude, I can't okay. wait till 31. Wait, you don't give a fuck anymore? I'm just going to be like... Pfft. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, that's crazy. Yeah, it's great. I tried Soul Cycle for the first time this week. Oh, wow. Uh, it's a very loud, it's a very loud mm-hmm. exercise, so you can fart how much ever you want. Okay. So I know I've heard a lot. This was like the spinning class to take. Yeah, but correct? I was apprehensive because, um, oh my God. Uh, yeah. All of it, like the culture, right? All of the instructors I would run into, they'd be like, "Hey, come to my class," and I'd be like, "I'd rather be dead." Uh, (laughs) And just the branding, like I don't like like soul around your body. Like people that go to Soul Cycle, they want you to know they go to Soul Cycle, right? Like me right now. Um, (laughs) But anyway, I like walked into this class. And they were playing, like, Work by Rihanna, and I was like, and here we are, like, here we are, yes, so I'm running to my bike, and um, I don't know how to get on it. This beautiful, like, black woman is, like, setting me up, Ooh. and the class has already started, because you know I'm late, because you right. know I'm ignorant, right. and um, <laughs> she's setting me up, doing all my highs, she has me get in, she clicks me into the bike, which is an odd sensation, cool. and then she, like, taps me, and she's like, don't worry. And I was like, what? She was like, you're home. And then she just like f- flooded out. I'm out. Who I'm out. are you? I'm fucking out, But dude. I clicked in, no, though. Dude. That's why they click you in. She clicked no, me in. Get your, you get can't your click feet out. out of those you shoes. You can't click out. You are about to get kidnapped by a out. white person. You can't click get out. Get your feet You can't out click out. Shoes. 
I could not, I actually could not click out without assistance. There's no button to press. You're locked in for a 40 minute ride, girl. Oh my God. Let me tell you how many times I wanted to click out during that damn class. Oh because when I thought it was going to be in the walk in the park, yeah. they just have you stand. Yeah. What's the fucking point of the seat? If in Soul Cycle, they have you stand. Everybody's going like, woo, woo, woo. You're like in a pack. People are going, but you can't hear it. Right. But you know, Jay Willie, I had to do a Jay Willie style. Right. So I was just singing in the back like, quack, 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 quack. <laughs> couldn't breathe. Thought I was going to die. I couldn't wow. click out. That is so scary. It was so scary. And it's dark. Like, it's, like, really dark, which is kind of cool because you don't have to look at, like, a man in a bicycle short. You know what I mean? Right, 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 Because is there a worse sight? I don't think so. Yeah, no, that's... Um, (laughs) (laughs) I just wish I could, like, go to sleep and then wake up and I have J-Lo's body. And I did no work and I just woke up with that. But she just, like, gets paid for that. You know, that's true. It's like her job is to be like, right? Yeah. And when I because then what else is she gonna have? Like a singing career? What? That was, that was, that was way harsh. Ty, Um, she's a virgin virgin who can't can't drive. That's for you, Brittany. Uh, R.I.P., girl. R.I.P. She was reaching on that accent, though. That's for sure. But I was able to mimic that accent because it's so... Kind of. Yeah. I helped you out on that. I lifted you up. <laughs> Don't run away. Don't run away with that and think that you're like Daniel Day-Lewis. Where is my Oscar? Where's my people choice? That would be the most aggressive campaign. I know, right? <laughs> like your publicist is like, okay, where do we start? <laughs> Um, All right, we should get this show started. How does that sound? I'm so excited. Uh, Let's bring up our first performance. Yeah, let's do it. You guys have been great. Yeah, this is really fun. We have a a really awesome show for y'all tonight. It's going to be really good. It's so good. We're so excited to have our our first comic on the show. He's in town from L.A. Please get up for Neil Neil Nanda, everybody. I'm uh, I'm very excited to be here. I uh, I am visiting from Los Angeles. Uh, I've been in LA for a few years. I'm dating in Los Angeles, which is fun. Uh, but I don't know if I'm dating girls or if I'm just feeding girls. I have no idea. I, uh, I've been going on a lot of feedings lately. Um, <laughs> I was feeding this girl for like six months. She was hungry. Um, <laughs> It ended because she sent me a text message. It was a great text message. She said, hey, could you come over and help me build my bed? Then maybe we can use it. It's a great text. I immediately turned to like a 90s R&B singer. I was like, bam, bam, boom, that girl, I'm gonna build your bed to lay you down. <laughs> but then I realized I can't build a bed. Does <laughs> I can barely build a bear, and there's a workshop for that. I can't. Uh, I did do it. I ended up doing it. I went over there. It took me like 30, 45 minutes until I called a man. Uh, <laughs> hey, Danny, this is Courtney. He's going to be feeding you from now on. Now I'm going to watch some porn with headphones on. So, got roommates. What are you going to do? 
I, uh, I do live in Los Angeles. I'm excited that I get to live in L.A. It's a great city to live in because uh, my parents aren't from this country. Uh, my mom is from this village in India called Vasanth Gunj, and my dad is from this village called Jaipur. And the way they met, it's a really cute story. The way they met is uh, they were married. <laughs> they uh, met at the wedding. Um, it was like, the way it worked is my dad, he was at Georgia Tech at the time, so he was like incredibly horny. And... Uh, <laughs> So he sent, like, his, like, face and his bio. He put it in, like, the Indian newspaper. It was, like, ancient Tinder. And so he put it in the newspaper to, like, try to get a wife. And then my grandpa sees it. He cuts it out. And he cuts out, like, four other guys' profiles for my mom to swipe. And, and my mom sees these profiles. And she's just like, eeny, meeny, miny, the one in America. So... <laughs> So thank you, Mom. I appreciate that. Very nice. They, uh, they came back to Atlanta because they liked racism. And they raised me Hindu in Atlanta, which I couldn't do Hinduism. I couldn't do it. I also couldn't do reincarnation. It didn't make sense to me. They were like, you know, you start at the bottom of the caste system and you move up until you get to the very top. And I was like, you guys got to the top and you got to leave. You won. You beat... You beat Hinduism, you did it. America's a bonus level. You did it. It's amazing. Um, I did grow up in the South. I grew up in Atlanta, so I grew up listening to hip-hop, even though I look like unemployed Mowgli. I, um, my, my favorite song growing up was the song Big Pimpin' by Jay-Z. I don't know if you guys... Great song. Wonderful song. Always reminds me of my mom. Uh, I'll explain. There's a lyric in the song where he says, I got no patience, and I hate waiting. I remember being in the car with my mom. I was like, that's really redundant. He has no patience. And he hates waiting. And she goes, Neil, maybe he's a doctor and he has no patience. <laughs> I was like, for, it's like, first of all, there's no way that Jay-Z's a doctor. <laughs> Second of all, I don't think you know English yet. I don't think... <laughs> Rosetta Stone works. <laughs> I'm, I'm still a big fan of hip-hop. My, uh, my favorite uh, rapper right now, I'm a big 2 Chains fan right now. Yeah, a, co- a couple. All right, we got two 2 Chains fans. One dude's doing this. Okay, two. All right, uh, I'm a big 2 Chains fan, uh, mostly because of one lyric, that one lyric where he says, uh, my dick's so hard. That's already incredible. It's already amazing. <laughs> it already sounds like the setup to like a 50s street joke, like, how hard is it, 2 Chains? And then he explains. He goes, my dick's so hard, I made the metal detector go off. <laughs> Which means 2 Chains has no idea what metal is. He has no, <laughs> no idea. Also, why is he hard at the airport? Why are you getting hard? What's happening at TSA? Oh, take my shoes off? Girl, you crazy. Okay. All right. <laughs> Laptop out the bag? True. Boat? You want me to take off boat chains? Girl, you nasty. Okay. <laughs> Walk through here. Okay, I can do that. Boop, boop, boop. Oh, that? That's my dick. <laughs> Why is he doing that? Why is that happening? It's crazy. Um, I mean, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be in New York. I, I had a one-night stand last week. That was cool. I did that. Awesome. Wonderful. I didn't want it to be a one-night stand. She just won't call me back. Because <laughs> uh, right before we had the sex, I called it the sex. She, um, 
she sat down on the bed and she put up her hands like this. As if to say, take my shirt off so we can have the sex. And I just give her a double high five. It got worse. Um, <laughs> it got worse because she started dirty talking. I don't deal well with dirty talk. I'm not good at the dirty talk. She was saying stuff to me. She was like, harder. I was like, I can do that. Faster. Okay, I can increase speed. That's cool. Deeper. I don't have more dick. I don't know. <laughs> I can't just go, go gadget dick. That's not, it's not going to work. But it was cool. She ended it. She faked an orgasm. I was like, thank you. Double high five. I appreciate that. So I stop, and she goes, don't stop, I'm coming. I didn't know that was real. So I keep going, she starts yelling, she's like, I'm coming, 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 for like several minutes. And I was like, where are you? And how are you not here yet? How are you not... Because when I say I'm coming, I've already come. I'm just caming at that point. That's, that's all I'm doing. Uh, I'm going to leave you guys with this. Earlier I did beatbox. I do beatbox. It's a weird skill. It's a weird talent. I, it's, it sounds cool, but I can never like use it to like impress anybody. I can never like have somebody over or be somewhere and be like, Hey, Courtney, did you want a glass of wine? Do you want, I'm going to grab a glass. Do you want one? I'm going to grab <laughs> It's a twist off. Courtney? Did you leave your own house? Thank you guys so much. You guys are wonderful. Keep it going for Phoebe and for Jessica. OMG, Nil Nanda, everybody. Edelman and his super gay Thanksgiving. Don't go away. This message comes from Two Dope Queen sponsor, BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in the day, how would you use it? BetterHelp Online Therapy can help you figure out what's most important to you so you can prioritize it. Learn to make time for what makes you happy. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DopeQueens today to get 10% off your first month. When you see actor Danielle Brooks on the red carpet at the Oscars, she will be in full glamour and in grief. I've been with Sophia for so long. And I just know, like, after the Oscars, that chapter is really done. And that saddens me. I'm Kai Wright, a star of The Color Purple, honors the role that shaped her career. Next time on Notes from America. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. I tried to get into beatboxing at one point in my life. You did? I saw, I was trying to learn the Harlem Shake and I was trying to learn how to beatbox. It was a weird time. Oh, it no. was like in 2003, so if we could oh, just... Oh, okay. I tried taking like a hip-hop dance class at the Alvin Ailey Institute. That's cool. I was so bad. Well, how was it? Like, was it a beautiful <clears throat> space? Like, how did it go? 
It was because I took like entry level like one, but I guess these are just like people like the other people in the class were like they are modern dancers. So they're just like taking this on the side. Right. This is like what this is my getting a latte. <laughs> right. And so I was in there. I was thinking it's going to just be people like me. And I was horrible. And the teacher made me go to the back of the, the row. I think the problem is that I grew up around so many white people that I was like, oh, I am the best dancer up in the shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's not a lot of competition. And then you get around, yeah. like, other black people. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you have to think of it this way. <laughs> their mother was in the kitchen, like, frying bacon, and their mom was like... <laughs> you yeah. eat it up. Huh. Like, so that's life. Like, that's life. Right. And I was... Like, straight up watching, like, Felicity and, like, <laughs> being like, I'm going to go watch Felicity. And, so you worked yeah. against yourself in that situation. I did. I, I, I put myself back many years with that. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. That's so funny. But I want to try and learn hip-hop again. I used to do, uh, I used to be on my hip-hop team in middle school. Uh, and our uniforms were long baseball shirts, and they were really baggy. And then we wore sweats and chucks. And then the... It said hip hop across the front. Oh no! And then it had Williams in the back and then number seven. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, yeah. So we we lost a lot of competitions. <laughs> I mean, it was a it was like a team full of white people. I went to a predominantly white right, school, right, which is why did. they want to be captain without right. any real experience. Yes, yes. I'm yes, putting yes, it yes. all together yes, now. Yes, yes. But um. That happened with me when they were like, oh, you should do track. And I was like, like, literally, I'm like, why? I'm like, I'm like, why should I do track? And they're like, you know, just, you know, you just. Know, because. Yeah, like, just for fun, for funsies. Because. But you'd be great in, like, the 100-meter dash. And I'm like, why? <laughs> <laughs> why would I be great? Our next person on the show, he has been having a big couple of years. This kid's blowing up. He's very, very young and very, very talented. Please get up for Alex Edelman! Uh, I was home for Thanksgiving this year, and it was weird, because last Thanksgiving, I came out to my family. And, um, no, 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 I'm not gay. Uh, I just thought it would be hilarious. I have an uncle who doesn't like gay people, and because of that, I've actually come out of the closet on Thanksgiving every Thanksgiving <laughs> for the last four Thanksgivings. And they say that coming out is like the hardest thing that a young person can do. And I'll just say that in my experience, it totally is. But it gets easier every single year. <laughs> Here's how I do it. If anyone wants to, like, I stand up with a glass of water and a knife like I'm giving a toast at a wedding. And I go, excuse everyone, I have an announcement to make. And then my uncle or father, their heads will drop, and they go, ah, for fuck's sake, again? And then I release the doves, and... <laughs> Last year was weird, because my grandfather came at Thanksgiving for the first time in a decade, and no one has told him about my little joke, because he's 88, and he doesn't do surprises. 
Like the first time he was surprised, he was like asleep on a boat in, in Pearl Harbor. And like since then... <laughs> and I thought about not doing it, but my cousins were like, they called like two weeks before, as soon as like the email went around, like Papa's coming to Thanksgiving. And like literally, as I'm reading the email, my phone, my cousin Jason was like, are you going to do it this year? <laughs> and I was like, you bet your ass, because it's part of the meal now. Do you know what I mean? It's part of the ritual of Thanksgiving. Like, people expect it. Like, the turkey comes out, the potatoes come out, I come out. And so we're all sat around the table. It's me, my family, my grandfather, and my best friend, Rove. And uh, Rove had no idea what the fuck was going to happen. I didn't tell him. He just didn't know where to go for Thanksgiving, so I invited him. And he's sitting, like, right next to me. And I stood up with a glass of water and a knife. And I was like, excuse everyone. And the uncle's head drops, and my cousins are like... <laughs> and I'm like, I have an annu- Rove and I have an announcement to make. <laughs> and my grandfather crosses his arms... And he whispers something to my mother, and my mother starts cracking up. And I'm like, what? And she went, Papa said, I've known since he was nine years old. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an observant Jew. Like, not, like, I don't practice, but, like, I'm an observant Jew. And, uh, I've never had bacon. I'm that kind of Jew. I've never tried bacon. I've tried cocaine, but I've never tried bacon. <laughs> That's the life I've had. We're like sophomore year of NYU, someone was like, would you like to try a Big Mac? And I was like, get that shit away from me. It's so bad for you. <laughs> you have no idea what they put in it. Anyone know what Jews normally celebrate, obviously? Hanukkah, yeah. In Brooklyn, it's like, uh, obviously, Hanukkah. Hanukkah sucks. Hanukkah's a happy Jewish holiday, and it still sucks. Here's the reasoning behind Hanukkah. Hey, we're almost completely massacred. But we weren't completely massacred. Potato pancakes. It's different from the sad Jewish holidays, which is, hey, we're almost completely massacred. We don't eat anything today. <laughs> One year when I was like, I guess like five or six years old, my mom had this friend named Kate. And Kate, over the course of a year, lost her entire family. Like, not at the mall, like permanently. And my mom thought it'd be a nice thing. What? Uh, my mom thought it'd be like nice to have Kate over for Christmas. Um, my father did not want to have Christmas. My father grew up in a time and place where it wasn't like easy to be Jewish. He grew up in this really racist part of Boston called Boston. And so... <laughs> and so like... <laughs> and so me and my brother AJ, we get called into the kitchen and like... Uh, I'm sorry, that's a lie. We were in the living room. 
I should remember that because, like, I remember thinking, like, somebody died because that's the only time we were, like, allowed in the living room. Like, when we'd sit us down for, like, news and, like, my parents were never going to get divorced or, like, too religious. But, like, but, like, they were definitely, they had, like, some big news. And my father's sitting there looking furious. My mom's like, boys, this year we're going to have Christmas. And this is how insulated we were. AJ and I looked at each other and AJ went, what's Christmas? And my mother went, well, it's like Hanukkah, but maybe even a little bit better. (laughs) And this woman, Kay, comes to our house. We did, for a Jewish family, we did a fucking incredible job for Christmas. We went whole hog. No hog. Kosher Christmas dinner. But like... This woman comes into our house and it is decked out. And like, it's as festive as any house could look with a portrait of a uh, second century Jewish martyr, Rebbe Akiva, above the fireplace. <laughs> and uh, Rebbe Akiva plays back into the story, um, which is weird. But like, we tried to sort of like make it a Jewishy Christmas, which doesn't, like, we got stockings and stuff, but in the stockings, we got like Jewish presents. I got a set. <laughs> I got a set of rabbinical baseball cards. <laughs> like cards, but instead of like Alex Rodriguez, Derek Jeter, and Omar Garcia Parra, it was like Rav Shimon Bar Yochai. <laughs> and like different rabbis. And one of the rabbis was Rebbe Akiva, and his st- the, it had his stats on the back, and one of the stats was martyrdom, and underneath it, it was a 97. Because Rebbe Akiva, as the fact at the bottom of the baseball card informed me, was killed when the Romans murdered him for teaching Torah by scraping his skin from his body with white hot combs. Uh, yeah, and I would get in trouble at yeshiva when I was in sixth grade because the rabbi would be like, Alex, you should learn some more Torah. Learning more Torah never killed anybody. And I was like, that's what they told Rebbe Akiva. And <laughs> this woman, Kate, comes into our house. And she goes, this place looks great, but we need to put out cookies for Santa Claus. And I knew about Santa Claus. I had heard the legends. But, like, AJ looks at my father, and he went, who's Santa Claus? And I swear to God, my father went, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and my father's like, Santa Claus is a, is a, is a, um, as a, uh, and my mother's like, Elazar? And he's like, Santa Claus is a fat man in a red suit <laughs> who comes down non-Jewish chimneys and gives gifts to the children. <laughs> and AJ was like, is Santa Claus real? And I didn't know the answer to that, so I looked at my father, and my mother went, Elazar? And my father went, yes, he is. <laughs> we wake up the next morning, we go downstairs, and my father didn't want the Christmas tree in his house. He, like, he, and so we had it in the garage. <laughs> my father feared God, and my mother like, feared for the carpet. So she was like, cool. And like, we had this Christmas tree in our garage. And uh, this is what we got. This is the main gift. Again, I'm not sure exactly of the year, but I know it was a long time ago. Because we got cassette tape Walkman. And we were thrilled and to put in the cassette tape Walkman we got the cast recording of Andrew Lloyd Webber's Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dream (laughs) and there are two photos of this two photos of little blonde Jews 
and it's the trippiest photo because the photos are two little Jews wearing their jackets because they're in a Boston garage in December <laughs> while they decorate a Christmas tree while listening on headphones that go over their yarmulkes <laughs> to an Old Testament story adapted into a musical by a gay man where the lead role is sung by a Mormon. <laughs> it's a total head fuck. And we went to Yeshiva that day because Yeshiva wasn't canceled for Christmas. We were both in like kindergarten or some shit. And that night my father got a phone call and the principal was like, Dr. Edelman, your sons have a lying problem. My father's like, what happened? He's like, well, the teacher tried to explain the very delicate topic of Christmas. And Alex raised his hand and went, we had Christmas. <laughs> She's like, you didn't have Christmas. Anyway... Santa Claus is this thing they also believe in. And AJ was like, where's Santa Claus? <laughs> he came to our house. He left us uh, presents underneath the tree that I, my father insisted had to be in our garage. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing, but the principal is call, he's like, is that true? He, AJ said he, he left them Walkman. And my father's like, no, it's not true. <laughs> we, we bought the Walkman. <laughs> Santa Claus isn't real. And the rabbi's like, well, I know he's not real. Why? Do you really have Christmas? And my father explained the situation. He's like, listen, we thought it would be a nice thing for this woman. We thought it was a good – we thought it was a way to teach our kids that they sort of had like everything handed to them up to this point. And like it's an interesting way to tell them that there are people outside the world they live in and that there's the letter of the law and the spirit of the law. And like we thought it was a mitzvah. That was a good deed. And the principal said, I don't agree. <laughs> said, I think you brought something foreign and corrosive into your home and you could really confuse your children. And you've done a sin. You've done a vera. And my father, to his credit, went, uh, well, then, Rabbi, clearly you don't understand the meaning of Christmas. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate it. Alex Edelman, everybody. Oh, he is such a peach. You guys, we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back with Chris Lambert. He beats up a girl <gasps> in a minute. When you see actor Danielle Brooks on the red carpet at the Oscars, she will be in full glamour and in grief. I've been with Sophia for so long, and I just know, like, after the Oscars, that chapter is really done, and that saddens me. I'm Kai Wright, a star of The Color Purple, honors the role that shaped her career. Next time on Notes from America. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. We said at the same time. Were you about to say something? <laughs> yeah, you were thinking it. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say something. What's the first dick you ever saw? Ooh, I like how you come in in hot. You know, you know um, how I do, baby. You know how I um, do. Pff, like, like IRL or like in a, a movie or TV um, show? Either one. I'd like to hear about both, actually. <laughs> Surprise. Um, I can't remember the first peen I saw, like, in a movie or TV show, but I do remember, like, the first, like, one of the first, like, sex scenes I saw, and, uh, it was, uh, with my parents, it was so, I know, it was awful. Yeah, sometimes it bees like that, though. 
And uh, I remember it was American Beauty when that movie came out. Yeah, Everybody wanted yeah, yeah. to see that movie. It's like, oh, that's going to like... I feel like that changed me as a person. Like, I thought I was going to be, like, an artist and, like, uh-huh. videotape, like, fucking paperbacks Paper and shit. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, there's that scene where Peter Gallagher, hey, uh, <laughs> them, them eyebrows. That's what he does before every scene. <laughs> uh, he's giving it real good good to Annette Benning. And that one scene, she's, like, going crazy. And, like, after the movie's over, my parents are like, is that why you brought us to see this movie? And I was oh. like, why would you say Kill anything me. to me about this? Yeah, that's terrible. It was awful. That's salt in the, in the gunshot wound it is was, what it is. It was so embarrassing. Yeah. And I was just like, mm, no, I, I really like Kevin Spacey. And then I was like... <laughs> You're like, leave me alone. I'm going to go upstairs and blog in my live journal. <laughs> Uh, what about you? I also saw my first peen with my parents. Oh, uh, what is up with I, that? Dude, it was fucked up. And what was even more fucked up about it is that the first peen that I saw was in a film, except that film was Amistad. No! It's a slave movie. It's a, sl- it's a movie about slaves. No! That was also my first big black dick, though. It did set the bar high. <laughs> You're like, I'm sad, but I'm also noting everything about this scene. But Got I was it. traumatized. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So um, there was just a lot of clinching in the room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in my, like, on me too. Mm-hmm. You started doing your first Kegels because of that. I was like, um, oh. You didn't know what happened. I didn't You're know like, what it was. <laughs> and release. <laughs> Surprise. And release. <laughs> And that's a long movie, too, so that was like a three-hour Kegel. Right, right, right. <laughs> so Mama's been around the block. I could bend some things, like a fork or a spoon. <laughs> it's like The Matrix, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I just yeah. watched that shit a couple it's days so ago. so good, dude. Yeah, it's yeah. so good. It's not the spoon. That's what she says. That's it's, what he says. I can't do accents, though. I know. It's really um, bad. <laughs> try it. Try it. Like it's... A, it's not the spin. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, What's happening? Uh, like, bollocks. Do you know what it's supposed to sound like? Yeah. Like, how does this... <laughs> you sound like you're holding back throw up. No. Uh, I can't... I don't know. My ear doesn't work, I guess. But I can't... Like, I know it's supposed... Like, I yeah. know I'm supposed mm-hmm. to sound like Colin Firth. Yeah. And I don't sound like that when it well, comes out. he's so out. understated. I'm even thinking just even doing the more goofy, cartoonish ones, like a Spice Girl. Were you too old for Bl- the Spice Girls? Blimey! No, okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Take it easy. <laughs> Give me a simple thing I can say in a British accent. Say, like, hello. Hello. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good. Hello. Yeah. Now, no. don't... There's don't something open, happening okay. in your voice where you're like ripping through your throat for some reason. <laughs> okay. Do you know what I'm talking about? Right. Hello. Well, okay. Do it again. Hello. Now say like thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> say like I say this, say I said good day. Oh shit. Okay. Uh Wait, say I said good day. I said good day. Okay, you do it in that. Let me hear it first. Okay. Um, hold on, let me see. Um, thank you guys coming for coming out to the Spice Girls concert. We really loved it. Oh, so That's good. what I did when I was a kid. So that helps me get in the zone. That's so good. Oh, yeah. 
Oh my god, that was so good. Well, anyway, uh, thank you for coming to the Spice Girls reunion world tour. We really appreciate it. As you know, I'm scary. Uh, <laughs> we're going to walk off the stage right now. Good day. I mean, I said good day, and then she walks off okay. from the world tour. Uh, I said good day. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's really good. Oh my god, that like was- that was you did it. Uh, we're very excited about our, our, our next comic coming onto the stage. He's super funny. I've known him for quite some time. Please get up for Chris Lambert. Yes, I'm happy to be here. Uh, I'm working really hard at being a better person, but people get in the way <laughs> of me trying to be a better person. Case in point, I was at Terminal 5 this past summer. I went to a Toro y Moi concert. And one of my favorite acts, he was doing his thing. It was packed, thousands of people in there. And it was really tight. And he gets on stage. He's killing it. Everybody's having a good time. And it's just this one guy, this black guy. He's standing next to me. And he was texting the whole time, not paying attention. Just this in-the-way person. And I got so mad at him. Have you ever been so angry and afraid of the evil thoughts that you have in your head. Like you just want to, like you're just so evil that you want to blog about yourself. It's like like the 15 things problematic about Chris's thoughts right now. And I got mad at this guy because he was just in the way and I just didn't want him to be there. I wanted him to be a memory. I wanted something bad to happen to him like some police brutality. Yeah, I wanted this guy to be on my T-shirt. I wanted a picture of him to be on my T-shirt because of the bad shit that the cop did to him. But, like, I was upset about it, but I went to the concert to get my mind off the bad shit that happened to this guy. But I wanted everybody at the concert to know that we're never going to forget what happened to this, this dude. Like, black lives matter, but not when you're being an asshole and you're in my way. And that's really horrible to think. That's something horrible, and it took me aback, and I was just like, oh, my God. God, if you were to take me right now, I would totally understand why you would do that. Like, that's horrible. With the way things are going on in the world, I got pulled over recently, and the cop drives away. Nothing happened to me, and I was just kind of shaking. And I was just thinking, man, I don't want anything bad to happen to anybody or anybody like me or me and and I don't want Kendrick Lamar to be rapping about me. And I can't hear it, you know? Like, that would be the real tragedy. That would be... So I turned 35 this year. And, uh, and when you reach an age like that, you start to reflect back on your life. And I did that. And I was thinking about... You know, am I doing everything that I thought I would be doing? Like, yeah, pretty much. I'm doing comedy. I'm loving it. Uh, But when I was a kid, I thought that I was going to play in the NFL. Like, every black kid, you think you're going to play football or basketball. Like, every black guy that you meet is a failed running back. (laughs) Like, he just didn't make it. Like, he didn't make it. No matter how good his life is, he's not a running back. And uh, that's not true. Don't. That's a joke. Don't tell your friends... (laughs) Don't go to work tomorrow and say that, and you'll end up in HR wondering how you're going to pay your rent. Well, this guy said it in Union Hall. You know, but it's not. 
And I wanted to do that. I thought that I wanted to be like Bo Jackson. And I, I told my dad, I said, Dad, I want to play in the NFL. I'm going to do it. He said, no, you're not. And I said, why, Dad? He said, you're just not mean enough. You don't have it in you. You're, not, you're just not mean enough. And I was thinking about that recently. And I said to myself, well, maybe, Dad, if you weren't around all the time... living in the same house as me and my mom, teaching me how to drive, getting me braces. I would be an all-pro running back right now. Thanks for everything, asshole. When I was 19 years old, my dad bought me a Dawson's Creek poster. Because I asked him to. I asked him to get it for me. And he got it. I love that show. Like, I love Dawson's Creek. It was such a great show. I loved it mainly because of Katie Holmes. I had the hugest crush on Katie Holmes. I used to collect magazines whenever she was on the cover, like some weird stalker. And it, just, it was just kind of weird looking back on it. But I, so I moved away to college, and I was watching Dawson's Creek like I normally do. And, and at the end of the episode, they made an announcement. They said... Get your limited edition Dawson's Creek poster free with purchase at the WB store. And I was like, oh, shit. I got to get one of these. But there was no WB store near my school. And I was, I called my dad. And I said, Dad, uh, can you get me this Dawson's Creek poster at the WB store? And he said... All right. And he did it. Like, he got me that poster. He made a 60-mile round trip, put his manhood on the line, never questioned mine, and got me that poster. And to get it, you had to buy something. So he bought me a Tweety Bird beer mug. And that's why I don't play in the NFL. Like, that's why... That's why I'm not in the league. That's why I'm here in front of you guys. Uh, I love my dad. He, he never... He, when I was nine, nine years old, I was taking karate, and I was taking it for a while, and I wanted to quit, and I was upset, and I was, he came to pick me up at my aunt's house, and I'm, I'm at, in her bathroom crying in my karate uniform. And I'm in there crying, I don't want to go anymore. I don't want to do it. And my dad comes in the bathroom. He says, stop crying. All this money I spent on this, you're going to stop, stop crying. If you quit at this, you'll quit at everything else in life. And I was like, all right, I stopped crying. And he said, all right, look, if you get your black belt, I'll buy you some Jordans. And I was like, oh, I never had Jordans before. So I was like, oh, my God, wh- that's great. And so I went to my black belt exam. You do all your karate dances or whatever. <laughs> that's probably why I'm not in karate anymore. I call it <laughs> dance. But you do your forms and everything. And then, you, and then at the end, they make you fight somebody. And um, they made me fight a girl. And I beat the shit 
out of that girl. Like I whipped her ass. But she had all we had all equipment. She's not hurt. She didn't get hurt or anything. She's fine. She's totally fine. She's probably like a math teacher in in a like a prep school somewhere. She's totally fine. And so at the end of the at the end of the tournament and everything, I go to my dad. I said, "Dad, did you see me? Did you see what I did?" And he said, "Yeah, you uh you kicked her in the head. I, I never saw you get your leg up that high. And I said, Dad, you never promised to give me Jordans. All right, that's my time, everybody. Thanks. Chris Lambert, everybody. Thank you guys so Thank much. Thank you guys so much. Have a good night. Hey, boo-boo. I'm so excited and I can't not hide because my book, You Can't Touch My Hair and Other Things I Still Have to Explain, is finally available for pre-order everywhere books are sold. This is so exciting. I love this book so much. and I think you guys will too. Just wrote the forward. Please, please, please. This is the only thing I will ever ask you to do for me. Please, please, please pre-order it. So I just got to say that people ask Jess and I for advice all the time. They want to know what we think and what we do in their stitch. Yeah, because like we know shit and we have some dope ass wisdom to give. So we've decided that it's time to give back. You should always give back. Okay. This is a way of saying thanks to you, our dear listeners. We want to answer your questions. We want to give you the advice you need to get on with your life. And let us tell you what to do with your lives. Please let us do it. Let us give you the tough love that your other friends won't. Yeah, write to us. You can find instructions on how to submit your questions on our Facebook page. Write us. You can find instructions on how to submit questions on our Twitter. Two Dope Queens is produced by Joanna Salataroff. Our team includes Rachel Neal, Jen Poyant, Paula Schumann, Casey Means, Alex Overington, Joe Plord, and Shanoa Estrada. Our theme music was composed by Jeff Brodsky. Love you guys so much. Bye. Um, uh, so in Cleveland, we had Bone Thugs and Harmony, baby. Dude, that's a big deal. Bum, bum, I love that Even as a kid, I never thought that they were real. I always thought they were so silly. I mean, they're silly, but I was also kind of like, I smashed like two of you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Two out of ten ain't bad. They did have a rotating cast. Yeah. For like a band that was like only successful for two years, it's like you got a lot going on. I'm gonna miss everybody. I'm gonna miss everybody.